I'm Craig Ellingson. Welcome to the Oil Spills Podcast for Tuesday, October 23rd, 2018. With me in the studio today, I've got Jim Matheson. How are you? And I've got Rob Tchaikovsky. Good afternoon. You know, I was just going to say, Rob, you're doing the trip on this this weekend, right? Nashville, Chicago, yeah. Yeah. Somebody's and you're, on, you're on, the, on the trips for the rest of the year, pretty much, right? in January, <laughs> because Maddie was gone for like a month. No, I'm going on a trip in early November, too. Oh, you are? You're a glutton for punishment. You, know, you don't look any worse for wear, though. I mean, and I was in Victoria on the weekend, too. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Well, when you go away for 17, you say, should we go away somewhere? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's get right back on a plane. <laughs> oh, well. That's a great idea. It was fine. Victoria was fine. Well, here we are. Uh, the winners, uh, they win some, they lose some. And uh, them having a, at this point in time, 3-3 three and three record, you know, heading into their game against Pittsburgh, you know, it's better than none having lost all of them or just having won the one game which uh, in New York against the lowly Rangers so you have to win those games but you could say that the Oilers wins over the Winnipeg Jets and the Boston Bruins last week were surprises because they weren't favored to win them and the fashion that they won in particular the Winnipeg game was a surprise and you were there Maddie. I was there I, I think the lesson they've learned is that Nashville's better than Winnipeg and Boston they're in the you know Right now, I think Winnipeg's kind of a 500 team, and Boston is the same. But Nashville's seven and one, and they showed why they're seven and one. Yeah. You know, they didn't play great, but the Oilers didn't get much offensively, and very easy shutout for uh, UC Saros. Um, but you know, as you pointed out, they're three and three. They've been they've started last year a lot worse after winning the first game against Calgary. So if they can get through the first month around 500 and then start playing some teams that aren't quite so, or more on their playing field, I think they should be okay. But I, I, the negative is you can't have one player figuring in 90% of the offense um, because then the other team's just going to look at that tape and say, if we take McDavid away, we're going to win the game. And that's pretty simplistic, but that's pretty obvious because that's what Nashville did and the owners lost the game. Yeah, I mean, there, to be three and three is wonder. It's it's totally unsustainable. Like, there's no way you can continue winning games the way they've been winning games, where Connor McDavid is in on eleven of your first thirteen goals, and you come back from four one down against the Winnipeg Jets. That's that's not going to happen very often. But at the same time, when when people looked at the schedule before the season started, you said three and three, they'd be you know great. Uh, you know, at this point, it's not you know how, it's how many. And you can kind of a work on the how as you're as you're going along here. But to be three and three through the first six is is miles better than a lot of people feared uh, this team was going to be. Uh, like I say, it can't last the way they've been playing. But listen, we, we've been following the Oilers as long as people in Edmonton have. You don't throw a three and three record away or or, or, or sneeze at it. You know, looking at the schedule. What have you seen from the Oilers so far this year? You know, and I know it's a small sample size. Uh, you know, when compared to last year, and I do think back to the beginning of last season you know things took a nosedive fairly early and they obviously couldn't recover from it um is there a difference you're seeing the play now than say a year ago a little bit of resilience this kind of reminds me of like two years ago when they would start out slowly and things wouldn't be going great for them and you'd think okay well this you know here come the oilers and and they would fight their way back into it and and find a way to win and at the end of it you're thinking well okay you know camp talbot wasn't really really good and if Connor mcdavid hadn't done this and if they hadn't you know got lucky enough to fight back from two but all those things did happen and they and they kept happening and and so far in the early stages you know the winnipeg game should have been a loss 
Uh, the way Boston got after him at the start of that game, I think Edmonton didn't get their sh second shot of the first period till the 14-minute mark. You don't win a lot of games at home when that happens, especially in your home opener. You think you're you know you're going to be psyched up for that one, but you know they're settling down and they're they're settling in and they're finding ways uh, to hang around these games and pull out wins, and that's that's a good sign when a team can win when it's not playing its best hockey. But at some point, you've got to start playing your best hockey because... It, There's a lot more negatives when you look at, at how things have gone, except for the record. Yeah. You look at, all, oh, you know, they're, they get no goals from the defense. They get one goal from the defense. There's no secondary scoring um, apart from, you know, Dreisaitl and, and Nugent Hopkins and, and Connor McDavid. Um, the young players, you know, Pugliarvi... He's played, you know, one, maybe two good games out of six. Yamamoto's played okay, but he only has one goal. Strom has no goals. So there's been a lot more negatives than you, you would think. But like I said, the bottom line is they're three and three. So I think the coach is a little tired of them being behind when the game's yeah. – they're always having to get their way into the game. I think he'd just like to beat somebody 4-1 and score the first two and win it, you know, right. like Calgary did last night in New York and – Win the game easy and then not have to worry about it. Well, six games into the, six games into the season, they haven't had a lead after the first period, and they haven't had a lead after the second period. Somehow, their you know their bottom eleven forwards have combined for six points in six games. You know that's sixty six man games, and they and six points, right? But they're three and three, so you know people are kind of <laughs> cautiously optimistic. You know, with the three nothing game, the loss to Nashville on Saturday, and now they're facing three excellent teams Pittsburgh the defending champs Washington and then Nashville again in Nashville's barn uh, on the first of a back-to-back -back. Um, we could be sitting here next week having a very different conversation yeah this is this is the heart this is the heart of the order for they you know they call this the schedule murders row or whatever but Pittsburgh Washington Nashville man that's that's some tough sledding and that's why people are a little bit worried about all the warts you're seeing with this team and the sustainability of it because it can get exposed big time over these next three games and suddenly you're three and six going into Chicago for the second half of back to back and then three and seven and then you know that that's not good so you know some some tough games coming up here starting with Pittsburgh uh, and uh, their two-headed monster there they don't well I can't remember the last time they beat Pittsburgh to be honest mm -hmm. Um, they don't do badly against Washington and Edmonton. They seldom win a game in Washington against them. But um, and Pittsburgh this year, they're getting by. They're not, you know, setting the world on fire themselves. They're winning some games, but um, they're not blowing the doors off anybody either. And their their defense is pretty average right now. I hate you know. I'm sure the people at Edmonton don't want to hear. You know, it's a huge loss that Justin Schultz is out for four months, but he was pretty integral part of of Pittsburgh's team now, and certainly a power play guy and played 20 minutes a game. So he's out for four months, and once you get past their first pairing of Dumoulin and Latang, um, their defense really doesn't look mm -hmm. that much better than the Oilers' defense. But you know, they've got Crosby and they got Malkin, and uh, as we said, it behooves Leon Drysaddle to try to play as well as is Malkin this week and then he's got Washington and uh, then Nashville and I think Leon has to start taking over some games himself as Connor has taken the games over himself and as a sports writer I hate to mention contract and how much guys make but around the league that's what they all say eight and a half million 
you know. And other guys are signing for six. So, you know, eight and a half million is is better than most players in the league. Their star player, not their their second best player. So Leon has to step it up offensively and he's getting some points, but I don't I don't think he's had one game yet where he's taken over and he's played better than Connor McDavid. Yeah, and this this game uh, against Pittsburgh will really be an example of that. Like uh, Crosby and, and McDavid can can be a saw off, and then it's you know Malkin against Drysaitel. Well, every chance that Malkin eats his lunch. So, you know, this is a game where he should want to say, okay, I I I, I want to be one of these guys. I want to be considered you know a one and a one A with Connor McDavid. And this is a guy who finished top ten in scoring a couple of years ago and had a fantastic playoff run where he was one of Edmonton's best players. It's in him to do it. He's just he's just got to get it done. You know, and now the injury bug is has started to bite the team. And, you know, Ty Radia will not be is out of the lineup. And, and you know, we t- talked about Kyler Yamamoto and Yossi Puliarvi. These are the guys who are now in the top six, getting the top six minutes. I mean, Yamamoto already was, but now Yamamoto's playing with McDavid, and we have Puliarvi on Drysidle's line. Um, tell me about the impact that way. I mean, we're going to see what these players can do. Well, Yamamoto's going to find out he's playing against the other team's best defense pairing if he's mm-hmm. playing with Connor, but then he won't have the puck much anyway. Mm-hmm. Connor will have the puck all the time, and, Lee, and Nugent Hopkins will have it second, and he'll, he'll get it third. So, uh, you know, it's a, I would, in his case, I'd be thinking, hey, the other two guys are better than me, and they'll be worrying more about them than me. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, not as much pressure um, as it could be, you know, playing a little down the lineup, and, and they're saying, well, where's the goals from you? You know, you're on the first line now, but if you're a fan, you're saying, okay, Nugent Hopkins and, and Connor McDavid are the big wheels, and I'm along to to uh, help out, but that's it. And Puliarvi's case, you know, I don't know. what uh, I've watched him now, and he had a, a good game in Winnipeg where he scored a goal. He got inside right in the crease and, and banged one in. I just don't see it often enough. I, I still see a player who doesn't seem that comfortable with the puck on his stick. You know, it, it's you know, he's not quite ready yet to say, "Okay, I'm 205 pounds. I'm going to the net and stop me," and or I'm going to the net and you can't move me. So, I think the coaches are, are you know are looking at this and saying, "Okay, we're not playing you. You know, on the fourth line, we're." We haven't been playing you on the third line against fifth and sixth defensemen. Now you're up playing against third and fourth defensemen. And uh, show us more. Show us more than one goal in six games. And, you know, I his age is, it says one thing, 20, but this is his third year in the league, and I think they want to see something a little more consistent from Jesse. And if you're, you know, if you plug the coach full of truth serum, he'd say, you know, this is the fourth overall pick. And we want to see something out of him as as Columbus has seen out of Dubois, who was the third player right. in the same draft year and is already a top six player and a productive top six player. And the guy that I would have picked, by the way. That's, <laughs> I thought they should have taken him. This this illustrates just how how thin the Oilers' depth is. They, the injury bug is just nibbling around the edges right now. It's, you know, it's Ty Ratty and Drake Kajula, and already you're feeling pressure points. Uh, and it's isn't, this isn't McDavid and Dreisaitl. Heaven forbid, <laughs> Newton Hopkins or Newton Hopkins getting hurt. And every other team in the league is getting yeah. injuries. Yeah. And if for the for the first four games, I thought, you know what, the Oilers don't even have an injury, yeah. and other teams are losing players for four months and two months and stuff. So, I think the injury part of it is is you know all part of it. And I think 
heaven forbid if Cam Talbot ever got hurt. Whoa. Um, then we really see how good or not good the backup yeah. Koskinen is. And we're going to see him on the weekend probably. You would think, yeah, they have the first back-to-backs of the season. And, and, and just from a, you know, if you're going to spend $2.5 on a backup, you, you, the idea is to play the guy. That's why you spent that money on that goalie, so he could play every four and a half games. So, you know, you can't just – otherwise, why not just spend, you know, six fifty on a guy and let him sit, right? So organizationally, they have to play him. They're a little bit nervous about it. And the, right now the games are spaced out really nicely, and Talbot's playing great, and it's a really tough – stretch of the schedule and they don't want to be behind the eight ball so I can kind of see it but like you know we were talking sustainability that that can't last down the down the you know from game 10 to game 82 he's got to be in there every you know four games every four and a half games something along those lines because a Talbot needs the rest and b you spent two and a half on him to do that job so do it and I would play him in Nashville because he can't beat Nashville even with Cam Talbot play him against Nashville and then play Cam against Chicago the next night. Come out of there with a split, you're happy. Yeah. I can't help but bring up, because I've noticed, and I know the Winnipeg Jets defense is definitely a cut above the Oilers defense, but Laurent Passois looked pretty good in net for the Winnipeg Jets. Well, anyway, yeah. that's a topic for yeah. another day. Yes. Maybe when the Jets play the Oilers again and Brassois gets to start, that'll be fun. Yeah. Obviously, with all these shuffles, you know, Milan Lucic has been shuffled out of the top six. You know, I thought he, I thought he looked, you know, good at the beginning. What's happened now? He's dropped down to play with Strom, and I mean, Cooper Marodi is up from mm-hmm. Bakersfield, and then he was skating on the third line today at practice. I think he's still getting first power play time. You know, if he was not getting power play time and on the third line, then you'd be saying, okay, what's going on here? True. I think he's done other things. I think he's been aggressive. I think he's handled the puck okay. Um, but his points came in the first game, and he doesn't have any points. And he's had no shots, which would, would be a little disturbing for me. He's only had four shots in six games, um, and he needs more than that. And there's, he, there's too many referees in the league looking at him now. Every time he hits somebody, he gets a penalty. You know, when there's a lot of good hits. He's taking a penalty. So um, He still looks better right now than he did at the beginning of, last, of mm-hmm. last year, although he did get more goals last year in the first half than he certainly got in the second half. Yeah, they just, you know, he's he's a tough one. I mean, he, they have to find a role and some line mates for him and play to your strengths. And, you know, you know, too bad he's making all that money, but his strengths might not be filling the net. It might be uh, in another in another way. And people think, well, why are you paying a guy six if he's not going to be scoring for you? You know, he's got to get that going. And, and, again, he isn't a guy who carries the puck up the ice and dangles and everything. He's a guy who hangs around the net and, and jams in the rebounds and, and, and has a, you know, gets a shot in from from the hash marks or something along those lines so that comes from it from everything else too your your team has to be going your line has to be going for him to get those opportunities because again he's not going to be mcdavid and pick it up at his own blue line and wheel over the you know beat the defenseman wide and score he's got a his offense is kind of generated on the team playing well because guys who because who are big and strong and, and have a decent shot and a decent release park themselves around the net and when the team's playing well they get those chances and right now the Oilers aren't playing well so it's manifests itself in him not getting any sort of production going. You know, I'll bring up defense as well. Um, you know, Matt Benning's on the shelf. He's injured so we're going to be seeing Kevin Gravel play here pretty soon You know, with either Evan Bouchard and or Jason Garrison on the third pairing. Um, you know, and then I think about Evan Bouchard and the clock's ticking on his on the nine games without... You know, having to eat up a year of his contract. 
I don't know what they're, they're, they're not tipping their hand. To, for me, he's surviving. He's not thriving, he's surviving. You're playing him careful minutes. He's getting a little bit of power play time. He hasn't, I, I haven't noticed him making any mistakes that we go, oh man, that was a terrible mistake. I think he's being schooled a couple of times by how strong the players, way stronger than they are in junior hockey, and a little quicker and tighter on the net, you know, with those give and goes and stuff. But I don't think he's played badly. I just don't know what they 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 see. I mean, unless you're going to play and keep him and play him two out of every three games this year, um, send him back to junior. He's he's certainly if he had five points now, they wouldn't care how his defense was. They'd say, you know what. Maybe if he can get his 30 points this year as a rookie defenseman, that's great. But right now he doesn't have any points, and he's played okay defensively. So I don't. their defense is not so strong that he can't play in the top six. Yeah. I guess that's, that's the bottom line. Their defense is not that great that he can't play, although I'm sure if they brought up Ethan Bear from the minors, who's another offensive right-shot defenseman, and sent Bouchard back, I don't know how much of a difference that would be that would make in terms of of you know a, a major drop off yeah i mean the, the offensive side of his game the way he moves the puck the way he skates and i think you know given an opportunity the way he could run a power play that that's that's some pretty good stuff so i think maybe if if you if you're going to keep him up here you kind of justin schultz him a little bit where you protect him you give him really soft third pairing minutes and then bring him out and give him a lot of power play time like he's good at that he's got a good shot he's he's poised he sees the ice pretty well, and, and I think he could be a guy who runs a, a pretty decent power play. So, But right now they're just playing Clefbaum with the right. first power play for a minute 30. So yeah. when he does get on the power play, it's 30 seconds. And he's not getting the power play with McDavid and Dreisaitl. Right. I'd l- I would like to see it. that because he's a skilled player, and he's a good offensive player. You know, we've brought it up on this podcast this season, and certainly last season too, but you know, with, with the cases of Bouchard and with Pliarvi and Yamamoto, they're all up playing in these roles because they don't have anybody else to do it. Mm-hmm. The depth isn't there like, you know, Rob, you mentioned a few minutes ago, but that's just something I think we're going to have to have the, the depth portion of the podcast every single week because, mm-hmm. you know, unless we see something, you know, these guys are obviously developing in the NHL where, you know, if they were playing on a better team, maybe Pugliarvi would be in the AHL right now and, and, and Yamamoto. Or maybe Pugliarvi would be up with the Oilers by now, having spent a couple of years in Bakersfield, working on his game. You know, and Bouchard would be back in junior already. Yeah, there are very few players who you know say, "Boy, you know, too bad he spent all that time seasoning himself in the American Hockey League." Guys who go that route are better players. That's just the way it is. Like you, you become better, you become more. And the Oilers, because of their lack of depth, you know, Pulley, Yamamoto. Bouchard, you know, if this were the Detroit Red Wings of seven or eight years ago, see in a couple of years, dudes, you know, mm-hmm. and they'd come up and they would be hungry. They'd never want to go back and they would be well-rounded players. And, you know, you'd, you'd be the, you'd, be, you'd have yourself some really, really solid players. So the Oilers aren't in that position. So they kind of have to learn on the job. So I don't know. And with Bouchard, it doesn't necessarily have to be nine. Like you can keep him for 30 and see how things are going. They did it with Tristyle. Yeah. And then at that point, send him back just to see how he adapts. The first year, the contract thing isn't isn't huge. It's something, but it's not it's not huge. If he's gonna you know bridge him, you're gonna bridge him anyway. So you know, I'm just looking at my I feel my own my own wallet. It's like oh, I don't want to yeah. burn that year. <laughs> That's just me though. I'm yeah, cheap. I don't know. I I subscribe to the theory that 
young players should go down to the minors and dominate in the minors. Right. So you're saying, you know what, he's too good for that league. Right. And then bring him up and make sure you play him with offensive players in the NHL too. You don't bring him up and play him with on the fourth line. You bring yeah. him up and play him with good players. But Rob's right. They don't have a lot of depth in the minors. And they brought up Cooper Morody. And I firmly believe that if he plays well in these half dozen games and looks better than some of these other guys, he'll stay. And some of those, somebody else will be out. You know, I think they're just they're dying for somebody mm-hmm. on the third and fourth line to give them some sort of offense. And you know, right now it's it's not there. And they saw a guy like Ty Ratty come up and do it. I mean, different situation. He's older, but you know, give a guy give a guy from down there a look, an honest look. And if he can do it, then the guys that you're trying to get with the cattle prod at the NHL level step aside because we've got a guy here who's hungry and wants to bring it. I'll leave you with this. Are, we, are the owners going to win a game here in their next four? Yes. Yes. They might even win two. Uh, just I think they'll win the Washington game. I'm not so sure about Pittsburgh. They, there's, a, there's still a number of guys that played in this team who can't seem to get over the hump and beat Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see them winning in Nashville. No, Chicago. Uh, but they can win in Chicago. Chicago's not playing that great. And uh, I can see them winning two of the next four. And to be brutally honest... They better win two of the next four because yeah. 500, and then they'll start, they'll start to play some teams that aren't as good, you know, theoretically as the teams they played. So they need that. That's our Oil Spills podcast for today. You can listen to our show via iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud.